wherever you're going to be five years from now, He's already there waiting for you. He saw your end when your beginning began. Before you were even born, He saw you and knew you and called you and blessed you. That's God. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. It doesn't matter who you are, how rich you are, or how much power you hold. Pride will still take you down. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us today. This time, we're continuing through the book of Daniel in a series entitled Courageous Living. The Bible promises in no uncertain terms, pride comes before a fall. And there is hardly a greater example of this anywhere in the Bible than in the case of King Nebuchadnezzar. Not only did he temporarily lose his kingdom due to pride, but he also lost his mind. You won't want to miss today's message as we look at this king of the mightiest nation on earth and how pride brought him low. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, The Danger of Pride. Now we are in chapter 4 and we're going to see tonight a pagan king loses his mind. He's going to just completely lose his mind. And it's really sobering. But remember last time, we looked at chapter 3, and that's where the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. And suddenly there was a fourth man down there with them. And even Nebuchadnezzar, the pagan king, said, that looks like the Son of God. And of course it was. It was uh, a Christophany. Uh, When Jesus appeared in the Old Testament prior to being born as a human being. He appeared many times. And sometimes you'll see that when you see the word angel, but it's capitalized. That's generally a Christophany. It's when Jesus appeared. You know, He was there when the world was formed. And He was there before the world was formed. I can bend your mind and tell you, He never began. Now, how many can say, that bends my mind? Because everything we know started somewhere. You started, I started, these chairs had a beginning, this building a beginning. But God had no beginning. Jesus had no beginning. God is the God who created beginnings. But He didn't have one. Now, my mind can't go there because I'm finite. But that's the truth about Jesus. So, He appeared in the burning, fiery furnace with the three Hebrew children. They were delivered. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar, for the second time in the book of Daniel decides that their God is the real God. Now, if I see three people thrown into a burning, fiery oven, and then I see a fourth one show up down there with them, and they're walking around dancing, having a good time in the fire, I'm going to believe their God is the real God. Amen? Now, I did tell you, by the way, that the first six chapters are history in Daniel's book, and part of the history, or really part of the theme of those six chapters is God dealing with this pagan king, Nebuchadnezzar. And we're seeing him just kind of gradually come to faith in the true and the living God. 
And one of the ways he comes to faith in the real God is he sees that his own magicians and occultists and sorcerers and soothsayers are frauds. And he's been fooled all this time. And so we're going to see that again tonight. Now, we're starting at verse 1. He's had another dream. Nebuchadnezzar has had a second dream. And this dream is going to change his life. So let me just start reading in verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good. Now look what he says. I thought it good to declare the signs and the wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How many of you can sense he's getting faith in the real God? All right, now, how great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and I was flourishing in my palace. Everything was going great and I saw a dream. And this dream made me afraid. And the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Now, note here that Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king, is now for the second time receiving a prophetic dream from God, a profoundly prophetic dream. So God can give a dream to whoever He wants to. I mean, God can move on whoever He wants to because one of the themes of Daniel is that our God is sovereign over all things. Everybody say with me the word sovereign. Now, that means He rules it all. That means that the devil is a dog on a leash. That means that nothing happens out from under the permission of the sovereign God. And he rules over the nations of the world, as we're about to see, and as we've already seen in Nebuchadnezzar's first dream. So the sovereignty of God is a continual theme in Daniel, and we need to remember that today. God's in charge of China, Singapore, North Korea, South Korea, Israel, Iran, and Iraq. United States of America, though it sure doesn't look like it, he's in charge ultimately. Now, just like the first dream, rather than blessing him, it's made this king afraid and troubled. Like, what in the world is this dream I've dreamed? It freaked him out. It rattled him. Now, God has chosen here to reach a lost king with two troubling dreams that are also designed to bring Daniel to the forefront in order to impact a kingdom. Again, the message of Daniel is, read it with me, God is in charge of nations. Now, verse 6, therefore I issue, this is Nebuchadnezzar talking again, I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Now, look who he called. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, who were astrologers as well, and the soothsayers, fortune tellers came in, and I told them the dream. But look what happened. Lo and behold, they did not make known to me its interpretation because they were frauds. So we have a crisis here. This king is in a crisis again. And for the second time, it's because of a dream. And for the second time, he's accessing these occultists. And for the second time, they proved to be empty frauds. So what to do? And then it says, but at last Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy God. Now, there's no verse that can show you the split loyalty of this king at this point. 
He's got one foot in the world and occultism, and the other foot is moving towards God. Because he says, I named Daniel Belteshazzar according to the name of my God, but I know that in him is the spirit of the holy God, the real God. So this king is split. How long halt ye between two opinions? Elijah asked Israel. And he's halting now between two opinions, and he's about to be moved again towards the real God. And I told the dream to Daniel, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians. Look what he calls Daniel, chief of the magicians. Because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you, and no spirit or secret troubles you. Explain to me the visions of my dream that I've seen and its interpretation. And again, the phony occultists, soothsayers, fortune tellers, and the magicians are unable to deliver for this king. Their fraudulent spirituality is once more exposed in a crisis, and Nebuchadnezzar now describes the dream. Now watch this dream. It is so powerful. These were the visions of my head, he says, while on my bed. I was looking, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens, and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. It was visible to all the known world, this tree. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. So this was an all-nourishing, all-providing tree. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heavens dwelt in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. So look, this is a major tree, a highly significant tree. And of course, it's, it's metaphorical, and we're about to see what it really means. The only thing I want to point out here after we've read about the tree, is how crystal clear this dream was. Look at how crystal clear this dream was. It is specific, it's colorful, and it's memorable. Nebuchadnezzar remembers every detail. Let me tell you something about dreams from God. If the real God gives you a dream, you're going to feel like you watched a movie. I'm not a big dreamer. I have been given in my whole lifetime four prophetic dreams. And I know they were prophetic dreams because three of them have happened and one is yet to come and it um, has to do with this country and our world. But these dreams, I had them. Are you ready? This is going to date me, but I'll tell you anyway. I had them in the 70s when some of you weren't even born. Don't raise your hand if you weren't born then. <laughs> but I had them in the 70s when I was really beginning to be called to the ministry and the Holy Spirit was dealing with me in a lot of different ways, I had these dreams, one right after the other, three of them, to the T have happened, to the T. And if you were to say to me, well, Jeff, relay to me the dreams, I can tell them to you today as if I watched a movie that was unforgettable. They were colorful. They were in technicolor. They were detailed. And when I woke up from them, you know, most of the time when you wake up from a dream, you can't remember what you dreamed. You just know you dreamed because it was crazy. It was nutty. It was disconnected and all that. Not a prophetic dream from God. When you wake up from a prophetic dream from God, you remember every detail. And you feel like you just came out of a theater watching a movie. Next, Nebuchadnezzar tells us what he saw next. And it's almost like act two in a play. So first he sees the tree. And now act two, I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed. And there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. And this watcher cried aloud and said this. Now stop a minute. Let me tell you what a watcher is. Because some of you are going, what's a watcher? 
Before we look at what he said, let me tell you what a watcher is. Our best clue is from Daniel himself, who identifies the watcher as the most high in verse 17. He says in verse 17, the most high rules in the kingdom of men. He's taking what Nebuchadnezzar called a watcher, and he's calling him the most high. So he's, Daniel's giving us who this was in verse 17, the most high. That means Jehovah God. All right? That's the watcher. Now, you might wonder, why do you call him a watcher? Well, in Babylonian mythology, the god of Nergal, you've never heard of Nergal, neither have I. You don't need to ever worry about him again after tonight. <laughs> but I'm just telling you what's in Babylonian mythology. The god of Nergal was regarded as manifesting himself in watching. So Nebuchadnezzar may have dreamed that he witnessed a descent of one of Nergal's deities. He didn't know what else to call him because Nebuchadnezzar was raised in Babylonian mythology, like the Greeks were raised in Greek mythology and the Romans in Roman mythology. Okay? So that's why he probably called him a watcher. So what Daniel's doing in verse 17 is correcting him and saying, no, it's not a watcher from Babylonian mythology. It was the Most High. He gave you this dream. And he's the one who spoke in this dream. Now, in the dream, the watcher cries aloud, saying that the beautiful tree in part one of the dream is to be chopped down. This beautiful, providing, flourishing, fruitful, world-renowned tree is to be chopped down. It says in verse 14, here's the watcher talking, the Most High talking, chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it and the birds from its branches. What's God doing here? He's taking something mighty and he's leveling it. When God says you're done, you're done. When God wants to bring you down, he'll bring you down. When he wants to promote you, no flesh or devil in hell will stop it. So this is God, the Most High, bringing this tree down. Nevertheless, he says, leave the stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him... Now, I parenthetically put this. Here's the first clue the tree represents a person because he says, and let him, the personal pronoun him, let him. So it's a he. This tree is a he. Okay? Let him graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. So it's clear. It's a man. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast. And let seven times, that's likely years, pass over him. So this is a seven-year judgment. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know. Now, I want you to read this next part with me because this is the gist of the book. We're going to see it over and over again. So say it with me, that the living may know, read it, that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever He will, and sets over it the lowest of men. Amen. We know that's right. So ends the king's second dream. Now look closely at verse 18, for we see a king who once again realizes that the various occultists of his kingdom are frauds, and his faith seems to be growing in Daniel's God. Now here comes Nebuchadnezzar speaking. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. 
Now you, Belteshazzar, declare its interpretation. Tell me, Daniel, since all the wise men of my kingdom have flopped. That's the revised Wickwire version. Okay? All the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for the Spirit of the Holy God is in you. Daniel, I know that the, whoever the real God is, His Spirit is in you. Let me make an application here. Do you notice how when there's a crisis in a kingdom, a real crisis, people look for those who really do know God? He said, man, I'm in a crisis. i got to know what this dream means. It's troubling me. I can't sleep since I've had this dream. So am I, my, all my wise men, they, they've flopped. They, they've fizzled. They're frauds. So, Daniel, I need somebody that has the Spirit of God. I believe the hour is coming and is here in America right now where people are saying, show me somebody that really knows God. Show me somebody that really has the Spirit of God in them. Show me somebody that has real answers. And I want our church to be one of those. Amen? Amen. He says, you're able for the Spirit of the Holy God is in you. Now look what happens. Daniel next provides the interpretation. But he's first very troubled by this dream. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time. His thoughts troubled him. You know why? Because he immediately got a read on what this entailed, what it meant, and it staggered him. You know, God can tell you things sometimes that stagger you. He can tell you something that, wow, you got to go off somewhere and just sit and be quiet because he gave you a strong word. So the king spoke. He could see that Daniel was troubled. And Balthasar answered and said, My Lord, may the dream concern those who hate you and its interpretation concern your enemies. Now Daniel clearly has immediately discerned this dream portends great judgment on Nebuchadnezzar. And this is why he expresses the words, May the dream concern those who hate you. Why did he say that? This was an act of respect. And it might also have been spoken to ward off any anger toward himself from Nebuchadnezzar as he's about to interpret this dream that is not good news for this king. Daniel now gives the ominous interpretation. Here we go. The tree that you saw which grew and became strong, Nebuchadnezzar, whose height reached to the heavens and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant, and which was food for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and in whose branches the birds of the heaven had their home. It is you, O king, you're the tree, who have grown and become strong, for your greatness has grown and reached to the heavens, and your dominion is to the end of the earth. The tree that you dreamed about, it's you. It's you, Nebuchadnezzar. God gave you a dream about yourself and your future. It always strikes me when I read a heavily prophetic book like Daniel how only God can know the end before the beginning begins. Can I say that again? Only God knows the end of a thing before its beginning begins. Only God can reach because He doesn't dwell in time. He dwells in eternity. So, Wherever you're going to be five years from now, He's already there waiting for you. And when you got born again, He saw your end when your beginning began. As a matter of fact, it gets heavier before you were even born. He saw you 
and knew you and called you and blessed you and saw your end before your mama and daddy met. That's God. Isn't he a mighty God? Isn't he a holy God? Isn't he a powerful God? Amen. So only the real God can give you a prophetic book like the Bible. Now, he's described, Nebuchadnezzar is, as a fruitful, flourishing tree. And inasmuch as the king, here goes Daniel continuing, inasmuch as the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts of the field till seven times or years pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High which has come upon my Lord, the king. Here's the interpretation. They will drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. He's talking to the king. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven and seven times or years will pass over you. Did you catch that? How many of you would like for me to tell you I had a dream about you and I saw you crawling around on all fours eating grass like a cow? How many of you would rebuke me and say, no way, that's God. But here's the king of the greatest kingdom in all the earth. And he's just been told you're going to be walking around on all fours. Your hair is going to grow like eagle feathers. You're going to have your own homegrown mohawk. Your fingernails are going to look like lion's claws. And you're going to be eating grass like a cow, O Nebuchadnezzar. Now, why such an extreme judgment? Here it comes again. Till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Wow. How many of you think we need to learn that tonight ourselves? How many of you can say the Most High rules in the kingdom of men? Wow, what a sobering account of the danger of pride. You know, I've often said that the easiest way to disarm pride in your own life is to just be honest about yourself, your own failings, your own shortcomings, and your own flaws. The great apostle Paul knew full well that he was a flawed and sinful man, and he summed up his life and accomplishments with this simple phrase, I am what I am by the grace of God. And that, dear friends, is the truth. Now, don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, I believe you're going to want to take advantage of. Until next time, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The Danger of Pride is the fourth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13 CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.